0: This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised.
1: Please enjoy. You sent a tweet out this morning and my wife, I was literally having, uh, sitting in a chair, having a cup of coffee, and I was uh, reading over some of your tweets because you're, you know, you're just that guy that wants to tweet out everything all the time now, uh, but you said something out of promotion. Craig self
2: promotion yeah. in the best interest of after the
1: whistle, but it was about elf on the shelf. And I was laughing my head off and I called my wife over and I said, read this one. And the <laughs> tweet that you had sent out was what? I said, what's harder,
2: remembering to move the elf or coming up with the lie about why the elf hasn't moved? You know what I mean? And then I added, like, the elf just adds stress. Like, it's stress. Oh, it's so stressful.
1: I let I screwed up, up, eh? I screwed up on Friday. This (laughs) last Friday. Krista told me multiple times. I said, I've got it. Can you relax? Give me some, give me some space woman. And I completely forgot. I completely forgot. And I can still remember it was like five forty-five, or like almost, it wasn't quite six o'clock and I can hear my daughter standing beside my wife and my wife's trying to explain to, um, <laughs> my daughter, why they didn't move. And I just, I rolled over and then realized what had happened. And I just rolled back over and buried myself under the covers. And I was thinking to myself, oh man, am I going to get it? My wife is going to absolutely lose it. So last night, it's amazing. Last night, same thing. She went up to bed. I'm watching the football game. 14 times, 14 messages went by. Did you move them? Did you move them? And the whole night, the (laughs) whole night, I couldn't even focus on the damn football game. I couldn't focus because I was, I'm like, should I just get up and do it now? But I was really comfy in the, in the seat. And uh, so anyway, my, my older son was there and he's probably the reason why that I did move them. I said, Hey, it's on you now. It's on you. Do not screw this up for Josie. Anyway, no, not anyway.
2: There are people out there. are people out there. I got to read a couple of these responses. There are people out there that have this thing repelling from a, from a goddamn like chandelier. They, they do things with the elf and they like create these worlds with the elf. And like this guy hits me, right? He goes, uh, I can't remember what he said. He said, but he's like, he's like, it's funny. He's like, parents have these things you know, hanging from the chandeliers and like, you know, doing these magical things at night, they put all this time into it. And he goes, and here's my, here's mine stuffed between a curtain, curtain rod and a wall. (laughs) Like, it's like mine. I mean, like my guy just ends up like, I don't know. I'll put him I'll put him over there. Like he's supposed to be on a shelf. Like all these parents go through these effort of like cutting out snowflakes and making it look like this guy made a mess. And like, Oh my God, give your heads a shake, get a life. Okay, we got to go because Jeremy Ronick's coming on. Welcoming in the world of JR, episode 20. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it's funny, you know, when you were coming on our live show with us for years, we would always say, where are you? What are you doing? Because you were doing shows from everywhere. I mean, you're always on the go. Yeah, it's constant.
0: Um, And, you know, whether... Whether I say I'm going to slow it down, I keep saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 52 in a month. You know, I got to settle down. I got to, you know, I got a job. I got a real job, like one where I can actually go to an office and i have to I have to pay FICA again and, and taxes and a of on, on a paycheck, um, which I love, by the way. So yeah, but then all of a sudden something comes up. You know, I got an offer to come to do this. I got a, a why don't you come speak here? Uh, I got a golf tournament here. Um, yeah, I just spent five days in Pebble Beach with sixteen guys playing in a Ryder Cup style tournament, which we won. I should I should mention, and I'd lived uh, for five days on uh, red wine and vodka sodas. That was pretty much the the. Level the diet that we were on for five days and now i'm in san francisco where it's cold as shit it's probably as cold here in san francisco as it is where you boys are and then i'm heading up to drink some more wine in napa uh and playing a little golf event in napa for the next two days and then you know
2: the life of jayvon let napa. me ask you who's who's in the group of 16 guys we would know
0: uh two guys that you would know um brian Erlacher uh, was there and he's also coming up. He's also coming up here to Napa to join me. Uh, and Danny Boyle, who, um, yeah. yeah. uh, Who who we, we played with, uh, in San Jose. Where does he, where
1: does he reside? Is he still in San Jose? Yeah. Still in
0: San Jose. Yeah. So it was a quick, quick, quick trip for him to come down to Pavel and enjoy three rounds. I think he was a little overwhelmed because the boys were You know, pretty big competitors in the uh, in the Ryder Cups tournament, and he 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 lost his last match. And you know, you know, Danny Boyle—he's one of the biggest competitors of all time. He was not happy. He was a crusty. Was was he he the guy who
2: was he that was when I think Dan Boyle, I think two things, three. Number one, didn't his house catch on fire during the playoffs when he was playing for Tampa Bay during the Stanley Cup Finals against the Flames? I thought his house got his house caught on. But he won a cup of Tampa, did he not?
0: Yeah, he beat us. He beat they beat us in the semifinals in the uh, in the conference finals in seven games. Um, ask Flyers. him,
2: ask him that sometime. And then was that he? That sounds
1: al- familiar to me. Too.
2: Yeah, I yeah. I th- I feel like his like his <laughs> his garage or something caught on fire, and he had to move out of his house during the Stanley Cup final. Um, I don't know why that I was I I don't know why that even registers well, in I my listen
0: brain. I listen looking back on it knowing that he's safe and all that stuff i wish it would have burned his skates and his hockey <laughs> equipment that would have been if it was in the garage because he was a killer against us in that playoff series especially in game seven
2: well so, he so then the other thing is is he not the guy did he play in the rangers yeah
0: he's the guy that absolutely tore up tore up yes. um um brooks what's brooks yeah Brooks, the reporter for the Rangers, absolutely tore him big time. Danny Boyle hates that man probably more than anybody on the planet. Um, Brooks was never fair to him and um, pretty much wasn't fair to a lot of people. You know, he's a puppet.
1: That's his writing style. I think that's his his writing style. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's a puppet. He's a puppet of the Rangers. He's literally a puppet for the Rangers. And he, um, I, I don't. I don't have any respect for for Brooks either, and I can totally understand. And absolutely replayed that uh, that video of Dan Boyle in the locker room telling Brooks to get the fuck out of the locker room because nobody likes him. I I played that over and over again, and you know, I had to, I love Dan Boyle shirt on for a while after I saw that video.
2: Listen, you know so- that
1: uh, you know that Boyle got traded to San Jose. They they got rid of me because I was a mutt bag. Traded me to Sabres, and they they went and picked up uh, Dan Boyle, right-handed shot, and um, um, the guy who bought my house, um, Rob Blake. Rob Blake. Yeah, Rob you. Blake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two yep. two very good, very good players. So. Hey, we
0: hey we need, we needed two major big defensemen to take the place of of Craig Reve. and yeah, sure. they did their, they did their best to do it. See.
2: That year <clears throat> Craig was super uneasy that Jared, were you in San Jose the year after? I can't remember yeah. that yeah. So you you were there after. Riv was really uneasy that year because you guys were really good. And he was like, if the San Jose I remember him I remember you saying this to me, and this is oh, there were no swear words or anything. I was like, How would you feel if San Jose won the cup? Because they were on fire and we were not making the playoffs. He's like, I will, I will puke.
0: I, I have I I totally get it, and that was one of the biggest major failures of of, of my career as teams go. Um, I think there's five teams in the history of of the game who have won the, the Presidents Cup trophy, the best team in the league, and was bounced in the first round. And I was on two of them. Yep, I was on two of them: Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks in '91 and the 2008 nine uh sharks team and it yeah that was uh that was a terrible terrible um thing to go through there's no question about it
1: pretty pretty sure. Sure. I, I was on the 2008-9 team was i not
0: no you were That's on the savers no you're on the you're on the 7-8 team maybe the beginning of the year okay
1: alright Oh
2: eight nine right 0-8-9 was my last year in buffalo i played one year with riv yeah. and i yeah and i was worst i so, Worst year so a, on the ice for me. Yeah. Best year off the ice by far. I had the most fun <laughs> by far, which is probably why I didn't like um, there.
0: Okay, I, so I have two two analyzations of that from my own perspective. Uh, number one, LA when I played for the Kings was my by far my worst year on on the ice. It was like embarrassing how bad I played. Um, I, there are reasons for it, but off the ice, epic season. Epic LA. Manhattan beach <laughs> Me, crazy. So I can, I can trade off that. So, what, good, do you, good what do you mean?
1: JR? What do you mean crazy? Like just it, it off the ice playing in LA. Was it just like going out with the who's who every night and just mingling with the, the every, crowd? every night,
0: every night after the game, you know, what, what is really cool is in, if you guys remember, in Staples Center, they have the the Chairman's Club, the Chairman's Bar, which um, certain people, so VIPs, uh, high-paying customers can go in between periods and after the game. It's a very high-end. They carry that over from bar. the
2: Great Western Forum. They had that there, correct?
0: Similar, yes. Similar not, as big, not, not as big. Not as big. It was more quaint, more more classy, um, more higher-end than the Forum Club back, back in the day. And um, after every game, literally, it's 20 steps from our locker room with the Kings to the front door of the Chairman's Club. And you go in, and, you know, that's where you meet your family afterwards. There's a bunch of people in there, all beautiful people, by the way, I should add. A um, couple cocktails in there. Next thing you know, it's out to the Sky Bar. You know, you can going to see Brad Pitt. You're going to see, you know, um halle, halle berry hanging out who knows who you're gonna see but it was like every night something seemed to be going on and then manhattan beach is manhattan beach i mean you're, you're living on the water you're living near the sand the str- the strand
1: where did you live
0: i lived on manhattan beach boulevard one block from the strip from the strand from the from the beach uh and literally Two streets from the main strip of Manhattan Beach, where all the restaurants and bars were, two blocks. So, now, was, was there a I was relationship
1: with, uh, with, you know, a star? Uh, was there a relationship like guys, uh, that, that you kind of met that you became friends with?
0: Not really. Nothing that was, I mean, we, we saw, saw a bunch and hang, hung out with a bunch of parties at certain points, but, um, you know that was that was at the time when like Alicia, Alicia Cuthbert was like hanging around the Kings and uh, started really getting in, in into the hockey scene and you know ended up marrying Dion Phaneuf. Um, yep. Um, you know there's there's there was a bunch that were around, but we didn't we didn't make it a point to hang out with them all the time.
1: What was that show she was on? And it was awesome. Show. She was in a movie then. Uh... Some neighbor, my with next Suther- neighbor, with Southern Sutherland, the uh, the young um, Keefer Sutherland. Sutherland, yeah, yeah, or Donald yeah. Sutherland. It was a show, right? A TV show, it's a TV show. It was a TV, I don't know. 24, she Is was that in it? that 24. She was on 24. I don't know. I'm I don't pretty know. sure, I pre- I'm yeah. pretty sure that she was in 24. It was, it was absolutely hmm. insane. show. Cher, you're a uh, you're a Pats fan, right? I am a Pats fan.
2: Catch yes. the game last night. I watched
0: it. <clears throat> I watched it from my phone. I didn't watch it uh, on television. I was watching it go through my phone and watching what was happening. But uh, I was out to dinner with uh, with, with uh, some clients and couldn't watch the game. But kind of look, like a look like a pretty good football game though.
2: Cold as Boring hell. Boring as all hell. I live about yeah, two I'm miles sorry. from the stadium. I, I I couldn't believe they were they even going to play the game at some points. How windy it was! It was absolutely insane. Should have
0: seen the conditions. Buffalo shit. Buffalo shit in the bed. Second half, man. They're they they've been terrible. You know who? I actually I, I actually I actually argued that they had a chance to win the Super Bowl in the beginning of the season, first four or five games, and now it's like they'd be yeah. lucky just to get to the playoffs. I I don't
1: give up on Buffalo. I think I I mean I really do believe that the weather conditions. Um, benefited New England in that game. Like you had Mac Jones who threw three passes the entire game. Jr. Yeah, no, three no passes the entire game. They ran the ball constantly. Buffalo couldn't uh, couldn't uh, stop sleep. the run. And uh, I mean, the rest is history. Another you know? another,
0: another Bill Belichick special. Oh, right? was, find finds incredible. a way to win football games. Yeah. Well, we and had best best coaching year he's ever had, which is saying something, right? Well, you know who it's we talked to yesterday.
2: You know who we had on. His pod will drop. Uh, we'll drop with him sometime this week. Is uh, Ryan Leaf? We had Ryan Leaf. Oh, really? In. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, talked to him. We, you know, it was Monday night game and everything. So we asked him about it, and he he said he just Belichick. I mean, he said they looked like they did when they were the Patriots with Tom Brady, and he said that's just and Riv and I both said at the same time, how is that possible? And he just said Bill Belichick, Bill. Belichick, like, yeah,
0: that kid had so much, so much promise and talent and just never panned out, huh? Ryan Leaf, did you, did you talk about his,
2: his, oh, yeah, his stories, his stories out there? I mean, he's like, he's had, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy story. For, you know, he was yeah. in jail, eh? you know, Eight he was in years. jail for trying to rob a house and get pain pills. He was in jail for, yeah, I remember for, that. 36 months or 32 months or something. And then uh, he's completely clean and sober now. He's doing good, college. Good for him. College football. Good. He's gonna be working with the NFL uh, for the second for, for the him. remainder of the season. He's really like like I call it a resurrection. You See, I, I love mean?
0: those stories. I love that story those stories. And good for him for battling the way back, right? Yeah. So
2: yeah, well he kind of
0: reminds me, Kind of reminds me of this book that's sitting on my desk in this room, and it's exactly what Ryan Leaf did. And I would hope a lot of people have the ability to do it too. If you can see what it Unfuck says. yourself.
2: Yep. Get out of your head and into your life. Gary John Bishop.
0: I'm taking this book, by the way, boys. I'm taking it. It was in my room. I'm taking it because uh, as I've been told many times to go fuck myself, I have to find a way. Was to that un- just sitting myself. in your room? Yeah. Yep. Sitting in my room. I'm sitting I, I in a
2: little boutique Yep. I believe in signs. I watched this thing yesterday with Ryan Leaf, and I started watching it a week ago. It's an hour and a half, but I, you know, I watched it in bits and pieces. I have a kid, I, so I watch it bits and pieces. I watched the rest of it yesterday. I've listened to his podcast. He mentions the number seventy six so many times every time he talks, like just randomly, you know. And I wore seventy six. I quit drinking on May fifteenth. His birthday is May fifteenth. Wow. That's wild. We're talking about Ryan leaf and that book sitting on your, on your desk right there. I believe in that kind of stuff. I don't know what you call that, but there's something I I don't, I don't care. I'm not even afraid to say it. I'm like, like I don't see the number 76 and think, Oh, like I'm so like egocentric. I'm just thinking like, like with the story that he's telling about his recovery back to life, I'm nine and a half years sober. He's nine and a half years sober. Like I, like I feel like, uh, When I listen to him speak, I'm like, man, like I, not completely that way, but fuck, I could have been very, very, very similar to Ryan Leaf in a lot of ways, minus the talent.
0: Well, this is why I I'm happy what you said that he's, he's cleaned himself up. It's so easy to go one way and it's so difficult to go the other and the people that have the willpower and have the, have the fortitude and the, and Mm -hmm. the staying power to keep up Something that's not fun, not pleasant, it's sometimes painful. Um, you know, they deserve a lot of a credit. They he deserves deserve a lot of credit.
2: He gave one stat in in his in his speech when he was speaking to Washington State University. He said, uh, thirty-three inmates on my block. He said two, he said he said the the rule of thumb about prison is once you go in, you always go back. That's what he said. When you're you know that's kind of what prisoners rule is right and he said 33 in he said the only two that have stayed out were him and his roommate and his roommate has a crazy story that he tells in there in that in that speech too um you know about how he accidentally killed somebody you know drinking and driving and and he was a mm. military veteran and, you know, he's wow. like, he made a mistake and he, he just completely changed his life too. And he's rejuvenated his life too. So he just kind of happened to walk into Ryan Lee's cell kind of by fluke. That's why I kind of think like, I, mm-hmm. that's why I believe in all that stuff. But anyway, enough about that. I mean, I, I know we're, we're itching to talk to you about some hockey that's going on. Let's around go talk some hockey boys. What's happening in the world? Well, Tell you, me. well, you, well, I mean, well, I, I don't you've know out, how often
1: you've been you've out of commission for kind a of a been week. off the grid, eh?
0: Yes, but it does. It's, a lot happened in seven days. It doesn't matter whether I see or or know because once you tell me, I'll have an f- instant opinion on it. So okay, shock factor. Different.
2: Let's see if you've heard this yet. Vigneault fired from Philly. Heard it. Thoughts?
0: Travis Travis Green fired from Vancouver.
2: Benning uh, fired two, from Benning uh, from Vancouver.
0: Ben, yeah, from Vancouver. <clears throat> Number one, um, I think Elaine Vigneault is a great coach. Um, He's uh, and he, obviously he had a good surrounding cast with him. Uh, yeah. Flyers are flyers are underperforming, and of course that's what's going to happen. Vigneault is kind of the, one of the last, um, the last surviving old school mentality coaches. I had Elaine Vigneault as a coach when I was in junior. He's was very very tough. I think he's coached professionally a little bit different than he coached the junior ranks, but he's a very he's a very. Um, well, how did he coach in coach the player. junior ranks? Uh, with a lot of verbal, a lot of verbal, um, abuse, yelling. Now I wouldn't call it abuse. I, I would never say that. Well, you, you It's abuse anybody.
1: nowadays. You can't literally oh, say now, anything to now, these
0: guys. Nowadays. Yeah. So I'll give you a perfect example. We, uh, at the time I was playing in, in Hull, you had to wear, this was the, this is the, uh, as it started in the national hockey league or in hockey, we had to wear neck guards and full face masks in, in the quebec major junior league all right one of the stupidest rules on the planet especially the neck guards because they were afraid that the skate was going to clip somebody's neck game in game out um paranoia like extraordinary ex, extraordinaire. anyway so if you didn't have your neck guard you couldn't play and um martin jelena forgot his neck guard and for whatever reason we didn't carry more neck guards but Martangel and I couldn't play on the road. We were playing in Victoriaville and we lost the game. So we drove back, and every one of our drive backs is four, five, six hours back to Hull. Well, we got back at 2:30 in the morning. Cold as shit. The equipment had been underneath the bus. So being all wet equipment under the bus was freezing cold. We went into the locker room and Elaine Vigneault came in and said, it puts up a camera in the locker room and makes everybody get dressed, get in front of the camera and say, one, with the neck guard, with the helmet on, take your equipment off, go in front of the camera and say, one. We had to do that 10 times. We had to put on all of our equipment 10 times, right, with the neck guard and make sure you note know, you said. And then the next guard. time you say
2: two and then three. Then two and then three. Okay. And then Your coaches the, are such dicks, man. They have, the. That, that's awesome. No, it's then, not. What are you talking after about? La- that's after not the
0: last awesome. one. But then after the last one, after everybody got dressed for the 10th yeah. time, <coughs> everybody, everybody had to go out to the, out to the bench and sit on the bench and the coaches skated Marten up and down the ice. And all of us were sitting there freezing at 3.30 in the morning, watching Martin Jelna do, do wallies up and back, up and back for about 30 minutes. Is that a
2: lesson? And, Is that really a lesson to a teenage kid, really?
0: Like, I'll tell you what, nobody, not, you know one what? Person never, not one person forgot their neck guard
2: the rest of the year. I'll tell you that. There are other ways they probably could have. I bet you what, not playing other, would have been another way? way? not playing would have been enough for, for the team to be like, shit, I don't want oh, to then, get my then neck guard. The then you're hurting the team.
1: Then you're hurting the team. So you guys are, all, you're all right with that? I'm right. totally fine with that. You know, what? suck it up, buttercup. You know, you forgot, you made a mistake. You're <laughs> going gonna to pay the price have, for it. What a dick. We what a hate dick it. move. Like we
0: hated it at the time, but um, I have no, I laugh at it now. I have no problem with it. I, like, is that abuse PD to that, you? That
2: I don't that, know. Like I'm going to try it on my kid. kid. I'm going to try it on used. Brody. Like when he forgets yeah. something, I am going to try it on
0: Brody and see how it works. Yeah, listen, Listen, the problem with our one of the problems with our world is there 's no consequence anymore. nobody has consequences anymore. What they fucking do in government, no consequences. What they do in the media, no consequences. what they 're doing in the cities and looting and taking things, no consequence. sometimes you have to have a consequence for the actions, whether it 's big, little, small, but it has to be direct and it has to be felt because how else are people going to stop? doing something if there are not consequences that are attached to it and that's where our country is fucking losing their minds
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: especially the media they can lie all they want and you know what they get caught lying and they go like this um we we, we have just to doing alter my job our, our previous we had to we have to alter our previous reporting sorry that's it yeah, yeah. really yeah. meanwhile you've just fucked like 300 million people in terms of getting them the proper information. And all you have to do is say, eh, sorry, we just have to alter our, our, our previous reporting. So they JR, Consequence, consequences.
1: Yeah. We so were JR. Talk- I had, I had Vino in, in Montreal and he was hired right out of junior. And it's not very often. It, 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 it did happen back, back in the day, but it doesn't happen often that you would get an, a, uh, an, a Quebec major junior or OHL or WHL coach and come directly to the league. I think that there is a learning process going from what I would call young men, kids, you know, 16, 16 17, 18 year old guys that you're coaching in junior to dealing with guys that are, are, are men that have families and it's, it's very different.
0: And Alvinio
1: came to Montreal and his, his nickname was Gant for arrogant because he walked around like he He was that
0: persona, right? He does have, he he does, he he throws off that aura. I know, but
1: I, I, I believe that, um, it was. He knew that he was dealing with a very different monster in in the National Hockey League. He was dealing with guys that uh, that were much older, much stronger in their beliefs. You know, family men. You know, guys that just were more mature. But he had an aura about him that was yeah. just, oh my lord, it's just like too cool it's for tough. school type. And 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 it really irritated a lot of a lot of guys. That being yeah. said. I do believe that he is a very good coach.
0: He's a very good coach. I mean, he's had a good NHL coaching career. Yes, he
1: has. Yes, and he has. sometimes,
0: you, sometimes you don't like how the message is that comes across. But Elaine Vigneault's message was always in the right in the right direction. And it's I, I feel bad for him. I feel even worse for Travis Green, um, another good friend of mine and another amazing coach
1: will he I, get another job
0: 100% if you look at what he has done in his in his time of coaching when um you know in in the AHL and what he yeah. did in the AHL he had he had a probably a west a east coast ECHL east coast style team and turned them into a team that went to the went to the finals and and team that competed and went to the playoffs every year he made people compete Every single night, and he actually turned Vancouver around and made them a, a a team that was tough to play up until this year. But I think that's a player. That's a player um, letdown. That's not a coaching letdown. That's a player letdown. And you know, I think Greener will be back in the game very quickly. Him and Rick Tockett, I think, are the two probably best best coaches coaching op- uh, options out there today. That if somebody else gets gassed. Um, they will be. The, they should slide right into Rick Dockett should slide right into Philly. To tell you the truth, he's a Philly oh, guy. What they a love him there. Great
2: fit. Yeah, he played. He started his career there, didn't he?
0: Yep. Yeah, he's you know, number twenty two. He's he's legendary. He just went into the Flyers Hall of, of Hall of Fame two uh, two weeks ago. Um, would be a great fit. I mean, a lot of pressure, but would that be a being great said, yeah,
1: you, you know, you, you look at the Philadelphia Flyers. They have underachieved. And uh, they 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 definitely made some moves this year, bringing in Cam Atkinson from uh, Columbus, traded away uh, Jake the Snake, uh, Voracek, brought in Rista Leinen, brought in Keith Yandel. They brought in some players that hoping to get some better results. But how long? How much longer does Claude Giroux have in a Philadelphia Flyer uniform? Is it time? He's in the last year of his deal. They have not renewed it. Um, is this the year that Clojure is? Moved?
0: It's a great, it's a great, great question, and um, I, I think I think he's going to be a, a deadline move. I, I, I truly believe that he's going to be a guy that needs a change of venue, change of of, of surroundings, and you know, we, we all know what happens when you get a, a, a little little boost to your uh, you know to your ego. And you get traded. You want to. You want to make sure you play good. Every guy that I have seen, most guys I see get traded.
2: You play, watch.
0: They're great hockey. Play great hockey. Oh. I think. I think he's a trade deadline move. Somebody if, who's going to go for a cup.
2: If Pittsburgh doesn't move, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking they'd ever move Crosby or. M- but definitely, I could see them moving Malkin. But if they're serious about trying to win again with those guys before they're done, that would be a great spot for Giroux to go. It'd be Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, could you? Could you imagine the? I couldn't. The, what? I don't know god I don't know if um I don't know if they'll if the GM will survive a, a Claude Drew trade to interstate No I'm saying interstate. it would have to be
2: off season next year I wouldn't be that, but I mean this well, like
1: cuz they couldn't
2: do it unless well, they'd
1: be out of the playoffs They can so. they can do it because when you look at Philadelphia I, I I believe that they they need a roster change. Like Claude Giroux is is an older player. Cam Atkinson's uh, twenty nine. Uh, Derek Brassard is a guy that I think you could be moving on from. Um, James Van Riemsdyk hey, he, should be gonna, moved.
0: Brassard's going to have he's going to have every every claim check on his bag <laughs> from every city in the National Hockey League. I'm yeah. telling you, he should but, keep that.
1: I think who has the most games, most teams. Do you know who it is? Yes. Most teams
2: played on in the NHL, your era, your era. You probably played with them. In fact, in fact, I'm going to guarantee Mike Sillinger.
0: Uh, Oh, he really, I never played with Mike, believe it or not. I mean, I've, I know Mike and um, you know, he's in Arizona a lot, but I don't know.
2: Oh, I yeah. thought for sure. I thought for sure. Vanek yeah, was knocking on that door. 11, to. Thomas Vanek was teams. getting
0: close. 11 teams. Is 11, it not, 11 teams. Wow.
2: Yeah, it was, ele- it was 11 teams, but I think a couple teams he had gone back to, like, traded to. So I think it was like 13 different moves or something, like, something like that. Um, yeah. You see the, uh, you see anything going on in that Toronto game? Like, Jason Spez has got a hearing for that knee to Pionk's head. Like, was was that really a bad knee by Pionk on uh, sandine did you did, i don't know if you saw yeah. that or not no,
0: I, I, I read about it yeah um so you can't do anything anymore i thought you know there's no there's there's no um i think there's no there's no level of where you can go what you can do even the, the slightest little things that you do are going to be are going to be scrutinized by the league and by the fans or by the media. Um, Because this is, this game happens so fast. I mean, do you think someone really thinks they're going going to try to knee somebody in the head on purpose? That's, and Jason Spezza is not that type of guy. I don't know if you know Jason Spezza, but he's one of the nicest, one of the, one of the coolest guys on the planet and one of the best teammates um, on the, on the planet. So um, he's the I, f- has right in, guy he
1: has an in-person hearing too, which means five games. Looking or more. Nick, you're looking at five games or more. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and, you know, it's funny. Like he just went, wasn't he just trying, like, I mean, you didn't see it, Jr. But it, to me, it just looked like he was trying to finish the hit. Like it just looked like he was trying and he went down really low and his knee caught him. But I mean, that's so out of Spez's character. That's so out of Spez's character. I do not believe for a second that, that he's trying to injure anybody, but I don't even know if it's that, or if they're just going to try to make an example out of these guys because they want to try to, you know, prevent, you know, these things from happening or players thinking that they can go and try and take matters into their own hands. Like that's the problem. You, you know, you went and said something earlier about accountability, about something we were talking about, you know, and I, like I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I don't necessarily, love fighting i didn't love my way of fighting we're two big tough guys that train in the summer to fight go out and fight but if a guy's going to go out and knee somebody and he's still in the game then somebody should go and answer to it like i am so tired of seeing austin matthews get fucking mauled and mauled and mauled and mauled and he doesn't do a fucking thing about it
1: Drives me nuts. Like, did it drives- you see uh, who, who is it? I do think i don't think I've ever, I uh, I think I've ever seen. Not, I don't
0: think I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen anybody on the bench go. Hold on, Riv. Hold that thought. but I don't think I've. And I don't. I would like to hear if you guys did. I don't think I've ever heard anybody on the bench go. You know what? I I fucking hate that guy. I'm gonna go knee him and knock him out of the game, and I'm gonna make sure that I do that, and then actually go do that. I don't think that happens. Or I'm gonna hurt him. And it's going to be done.
2: No, I don't. hey, you know what? I know I've heard guys say I'm going to run him through the fucking boards, and if he gets yeah. hurt, he gets hurt. But they do it, and it's clean. And you know what? Yeah. And that's part of the game. That's within the rules. Injuries are part of the game. you, you want to injure? I'm sorry, Jr. But if I if I'm going yeah, to hit, hit if to I'm hurt. going to hit, hit you to with hurt. the puck. If if we're playing against mm-hmm. you and I'm a rookie and I I'm 23, and I and Jeremy Ronick is vulnerable. I I'm sorry. I'm going to try to run you over. Yeah, like, and, and- I, that's what I, I Petey when I when
0: I played, especially in the early 90s, in the mid 90s, I hit to hurt. I didn't hit to separate a puck. I hit to inflict pain. I, I truly wanted to hit somebody so hard that they saw stars that they were that they would next time be a little bit intimidated of going into the corner or doing something when they knew I was on the ice. I didn't hit just to just to separate pucks and to, and to you know stop. I hit to hurt, but a lot of people hit to hurt in the '90s. That's what it was. That was all about. I used to leave my feet. How many times my shoulder made contact to people's chins and like knock out? Kelly Kissio probably doesn't even remember who the hell he is anymore after the way I hit him back in 1993. I mean, the guy did almost a back total backflip in the middle of the ice went out looking like Droopy the dog, didn't even know where he was. It's, it's Stu Grimson said, hey Kelly, you better somebody better tell you when the Zamboni's on the ice next time. You know, stuff like that. That doesn't happen anymore. But that's 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 how it used to be.
2: I uh, I I was just thinking about this when I said if I had Jeremy Ronick lined up, like I'm not even convinced that you wouldn't have like you would have been totally fast enough to get out of the way, right? But I'm thinking it just makes me think about who's a star that I tried to kill? I had Crosby lined up one game in Pittsburgh, okay? If there are analytic stats out there. I think I probably played 45 seconds against Crosby by accident, okay? And it, it was on the road, and I had him. It was right by the hash marks in their end, and I was going to go, and I was about to smoke him. Like, I didn't think he saw me. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And at the last second, as I go to lunge into him, he's gone like gone okay it was i'm like am i that slow or is he that fast is what is what is what Probably
0: about Probably combination a little oh, bit oh of fuck off that's bull, <laughs> that
2: is bullshit that is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it's just it's no, my, like I, I
0: can't believe Rib didn't throw one on that one. Hey, Rib, sorry about your Dubra. I interrupted you on your Dubra. No, no, it.
1: no. I, I'm just I'm literally as you're talking about all these things, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I was actually pretty clean. Tried to play the game the right way, <laughs> and then I was thinking to myself, you know what? Like
0: that is kind of dirty,
1: but so false. Like, and the funny thing is, I remember, I remember, like you know, going after Matt Sundin one night in Montreal and I smoked him behind and he's a big man. Like he was a lot bigger than I was, but I, I went and I laid him out behind the net in our zone. It was awesome. Then I got chirped all the way up the ice by, uh, Domi. And I came around on, on a few shifts later and I tried to run Sundin right at the bench. And I caught him, and it was amazing. Crowd went absolutely crazy. Sundin off the ice. Tie on the going ice.
0: <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm like, ah, here we go.
1: I knew this was ha- going to happen sooner or later because he's been screaming at me all night. And I was backing up, backing up, and then bam. My angel, my <laughs> angel stepped in, and that was Shane Corson. Oh. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. who, I mean, he is love one of course. the toughest guys I have. He could be the toughest guy. That unassuming. I've ever played unassuming. With. Unassuming. Like, tough. Oh, you don't- man. He was not a super big guy. He's only he's only around like 200 pounds. I love. Shane but Corson. Oh, my Lord. I've never seen a guy so strong. Um, and he was, I fought Shane Corson. He'd, he'd fight anybody. I he fought Shane Corson. And
2: I remember, I I remember fighting him and I I remember thinking like, okay, okay. I was so tired at the end of it. I tried to grab, I tried to do the pant leg. I had my right hand. I had the bear, my left hand over. I think I was grabbing like his number. Okay. And I tried, this is embarrassing. I tried to grab, I'm 22. I was 22. So I was still in the American league and I was, but I was playing an exhibition game against Toronto uh, in, in the preseason and I tra- grabbed the pant leg, and I tried to do the pant flip that I learned in Don Cherry's Rock 'Em Sock 'Em One. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't lift his leg. Like he had his feet planted on the ground, I could not even get his heel off the That's ice. Funny. I was pulling <laughs> yeah. and pulling, and same his same leg same same would strong. not give out from underneath him
1: to even lift a little bit. I was. I was like, Jesus, this guy's an absolute. I guess where I was going with this point. Is that um, the players policed a lot of that stuff themselves. And now it, um, you know, I understand, I understand the league and their thought. They don't want injuries. They don't want guys to have, you know, long term issues with concussions from which, fighting. Which is understandable. Which is understandable, it's totally under, I totally, totally yeah. get it. That being said, my mentality and the way that I played and the way that I wanted to play and, um, the team camaraderie, I enjoyed, um, playing and, and playing my style, but also having guys on my team that can come and help me out and, Absolutely. you know, but it, it goes to show that I did something wrong. I had someone that was coming after me and I had to address it, uh, usually yeah. myself. And, uh, it just seems like there's none of that anymore. Like so, pionk, you know, you just- when you look at the Pionk knee, I don't think that Pionk is the type of player or has that mentality that he's going to directly go out and injure somebody on a knee on knee. The game happens at a split second, and a lot of these guys have to make decisions when guys are shooting and 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 juking and jiving. You have to make a split decision, and I think that this is is one of those plays, and it's yeah. not a good play. He clipped um, what is it, Sandine? Um, who went down and was injured take your two minutes take your five minutes get kicked out of the game whatever it is but that'll be addressed next game yeah and it, it's, it, it, it's not going to be addressed by by wayne simmons going to beat up pionk it's got to be uh you know a guy that's in pionk's weight class do you understand so, like that's yeah, the yeah so goes. that's
0: so what you were saying and where you're going it kind of brings brings me back and maybe to a different topic, but of the same topic that we've been talking about. Um, the first guy that ever came to my defense that fought for me because something happened to me in a game back in 1980, I think it was 89, 88, 89, was Mark Berjman. So Mark Berjman was the first guy ever to fight for my defense, which forever will be one of my favorite people because of that did he get a raw deal or did he get a raw deal we haven't
2: talked to you you were we didn't talk to you last week that's right yeah.
0: mark Bergevan just got the one of the biggest um lack of respect decisions to get
1: how many you're years gonna, you're now, gonna
0: though? get I, it, it doesn't matter that he took a team and granted i don't care because I don't care what the type of the season that it was. He took a team that nobody, nobody would have predicted to go to the Stanley cup final last year. Let alone and make the playoffs.
1: You're he, talking exactly about, make it go to the exactly. Stanley cup finals. They that's so, a team that was borderline going to make the playoffs. So after 21 games, after taking your team
0: to the Stanley cup finals and doing a bang up job, you get fired. I mean, if there's no loyalty, like situations that that I've ever seen, that is the, the biggest lack of loyalty towards a guy who lives and breathes Montreal hockey yeah. so and has what represented you, that team but so is, well.
1: But is a different voice at some point in time important? He was there for nine years. He did some great things. He, they made the playoffs six. They went to a, a conference final in 2014. They went to the Stanley Cup final in two thousand. 21 you know what at at what point is just a fresh start and a new beginning what a team needs sometime not and this has nothing to do with uh uh bergevin and his ability to be a great gm because you know as well as i do that he is going to get a job very quickly if he wants it i'm just saying is it is it time well
2: his name's been brought up for the vancouver job
0: Yes. I've heard, I, I heard already. his name
2: be rumbled in the Vancouver job.
0: Yeah. And they should. And they should hire him because he's a very, very good hockey mind. And he is a very loyal person. He is a very um, dedicated person to the game, loves the game. Um, and you know what, Riv? Yes, you're right in a sense. But 20 games. You give him 20 games yeah. before you fire him. It's utter bullshit, and I, I feel bad for Bergevin, and I know that whoever whoever made that decision with the Montreal I was trying to save face with the fans, save face with the media, and that's what they did. Hey, that's what it's all about, what,
1: about there. It's all about I, saving face with it, the fan I base know. and the media.
0: But again, this is one of the things that drives me fucking crazy about not just the National Hockey League, but about sports is loyalty is. This big, this big. There's no loyalty. Th- that loyalty. What have you done for me lately?
2: Oh, well, I mean, and
0: their patience. And their patience. Their patience is, is not. Is not long. It's not big. And I feel bad. I feel bad for Bergie. I um. He did a great job. So I just wanted to make mention of that because I was pissed when yeah. Montreal fired him. I was pissed.
2: Well, I. I you know, I respectfully, I feel differently. And I, 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 I've great. only, I've only heard a lot of great things about him. I, 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 and I, I know he's a great hockey mind. I mean, we know that I I'm just, I'm in the camp and I think Craig, Craig, I don't know if Craig was, was just making a counterpoint or voicing my side of it. But I mean, I said last week when we were talking to Brian Gianta about it, who, who was there, he was the captain for Montreal during the, under his uh, time there. And I just said, you know, like, I just thought it was time for him you know i i you know i mean just the the offer sheet uh the draft pick the first round draft pick this year was i mean that's a tough one to swallow um you know you draft the kid anyway when he's when he's he's got that incident going on with the girl i, I mean I don't know. I, I, there were some other trades down the
0: valid, valid points, valid points. It doesn't make, it
2: doesn't mean he's never, he like, he'll get a job. I mean, that was the first thing I thought was like, well, where's, where's the next opening that he lands in? Because he's going to be the first candidate, in my opinion, to, to fall into a spot.
1: Maybe he, he's been, he's been a GM. And the amount of hours that you need to do in that job is extreme, okay? You are 24-7 on top of things. You're constantly evaluating. You're you're not only working on your team, but you're working on the prospects coming up. You're working on your American League team, everything. And that, I think it's a lot. And maybe maybe Bergevin wants to take a little time off. Just, just give himself a, a little time to regroup. I don't think it would be a good idea. And that's just me personally. So I, and I don't know, I don't know him, but I, I think that a little time off, a little reset would be good for, for Bergevin. I think he's going to be a GM in this league 100% again. And there's yeah. going to be a team that's going to love to have him because he's very dialed in. He's, uh, uh, I, I liked everything about him when he was, in, he, and he was a great fit for Montreal. Yeah, he was a great fit for Montreal. That's a good point.
0: Okay. Well, listen, I have I have eight minutes before I have to get on another call, so let's jump find something else to talk about because we've 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 hammered the firings. Is there anything else going on that is that is fun sports fun to talk to? Not, I, I don't have to rip anybody.
2: Sports betting. <laughs> are you are you are you liking the fact that uh, gambling is legal now? Sports gambling is legal. I yeah,
0: I do. I, I love it. I, I'm a gambler, and I think it's great. I think it's uh, you know. I think, I think, um, you know, certain drugs should be legalized. And I think, and gambling should be legalized. And, you know, I thought that the government would do it. You know, they, they, they do everything else anyway. They try to take everybody's money anyway. Why wouldn't they be the bookie and the no, and they the need their cu-
1: They need their cut,
0: right? I know. I'm surprised that the government hasn't legalized gambling and they take it over themselves. And they're the book. And I'm surprised that they haven't taken over legalizing marijuana. And they're the, they're the drug dealer um it's <laughs> i'm i'm shocked that's that they, coming i mean they they that's try to long, get everybody's long, pocket anyway. long overdue you know it's but yes i'm a i'm a huge component of the gambling aspect but yes
2: so do you do you bet now do you bet on like i do on do you bet do. on hockey at all I, I do now yeah so i do now so if i tell you
0: so last night I had a nice parlay. I took Washington to win and I took uh, Dallas minus one and a half against Arizona, which usually nowadays is not a bad, bad, bad play. Pretty
2: much every game. I've been taking overs left, right, and center. And I've been, I've been hitting all the time. Other than the fact, I'm not afraid to admit it, the over under on the Bills game last night got all the way down to 40 and a half. That I took the yeah. over anyway, yeah. <laughs> but not for much, Riv. Riv is like, every, you're, winning, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning. Like, don't bet it all. I'm like, no, no, I'm just gonna throw a little guy on the Bills game here. And, and, and why you know. would
1: you ever take the over? And, and, and you saw the conditions. I know,
2: I live in Orchard Park, I saw the conditions. I still like
1: took JR. The- you wouldn't even <laughs> believe it was it was damn near impossible to throw the ball. In, in one direction of the field. Is if, that you, windy? if you had the wind in your face, then there was zero, and I mean absolutely zero chance that you could throw a ball. Ten feet. All right, wow. JR.
2: Here we go. I'm going to give you the lines for tonight's game. You're going to pick them. Pick the winners, okay? okay? Yeah. Here we go.
1: Write these down, Petey.
2: Well, we have the tape. Eh? <laughs> we can go back and listen. Okay, Tampa-Montreal, five and a half. I'll just give you over unders because that's what I'm betting. But but where's the
0: game? Where's the game? Montreal. I got. I'll take Tampa.
2: You'll take Tampa. I I want to. I'm going to take the over in that. I think five and a Um, half. I think Tampa's going to pump. I would.
0: I would take the under. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Uh, Why would Why would you take the under on that?
2: Because
0: I think Montreal is gonna is gonna to try to play a very stingy defensive game because that's probably the only way that they can beat Tampa and try to try to just win by defense and get it some get some luck on the
1: special team. That's not what I'm thinking. I'm nope. thinking it's Montreal and people like to go out Montreal. That's true. Are, Tampa's Tampa's Boy, is a good, good team. Gonna be good. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say
0: a... I'm gonna say Tampa three three one.
2: Okay. Okay. Ottawa Islanders uh in Ottawa, five and a half. Taking Ottawa. Over, under?
0: Under. Really?
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Columbus, Toronto, line is six. Score?
0: The Islanders are where they are right now because of lack of scoring. So, Ottawa, I'm, I'm going to take Ottawa and under. Okay, go ahead.
2: Okay, Columbus, Toronto. Where's the game? Toronto.
0: Toronto's coming back off a road trip, right? Yep. Yes.
1: I'm you taking You know the what Yola's they say, JR? Six. That, I know.
0: It's that a, first, the first game, back, game is back is not good. Is over under is six? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take the over and I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Columbus plus one and a half.
2: Okay, Nashville, Buffalo, and then we'll let you go or now, sorry, Anaheim, Buffalo. Line is six and uh yeah, plus one oh five. Yeah,
0: I'm taking Anaheim. Okay, and I'll and I'll and I'll I'll venture the over.
2: Yes, well, I can tell you the we overs. have we talked about uh, loyalty. U- this U-T-L. is the Seinfeld episode. We talked about loyalty. The overs have been very loyal.
0: <laughs> I think you get unless unless you betting against unless you're betting Arizona. Arizona is probably at a seventy-five clip under eighty clip under. So, yeah, you're
2: they can't, the they man. Can't
0: score goals either they can't score goals either.
2: Enjoy your week.
0: You guys are the best. I'm a glad great, to glad to be a back great on with 50 you guys
1: minutes. I can't believe it's hey, been 50 minutes. Throw a glass of water in there, eh, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got it. you still got a long week in uh, Naples there, big guy.
2: All right, a great episode with JR and I I he was on limited time so I didn't want to interrupt interrupt with another story. That's the great thing about podcasts and not being on live radio too, by the way, you can interrupt and edit it out. And you know what I mean? But I just want to tell you a story. Cause you know how we told the story about the neck guards. Yep. I, I'm telling this one so that we can edit this out because I don't like to edit anything out with Jr. Okay. It's just a flawless run, but I'm telling you this so that we can edit it out. Cause maybe it's in bad taste. So, and this is a true blue story. And I feel like anytime someone says that to Craig, that that means that they're lying, but it's just, it's just such a gutless comment that it's hard to believe that anybody can even even think this way in a moment of, uh, just chaos. Okay. So I can't remember the night we were playing the Florida Panthers. This goes back to the neck guard conversation. Jr. was talking about guys getting clipped in the neck. We're playing against Florida. I think it's a four o'clock game. Might have been a five o'clock game, maybe even a six o'clock game. I don't remember. It was earlier. And we had no morning skate. And I remember I woke up late, at 10 o'clock, and I ran to McDonald's and got like six egg McMuffins. That was my pregame meal, right? That's what I remember about the You day. ate all six of them. I don't know if I ate all six, but I, I was hung over. Cause there was no morning skate. Like that's a, that's a, it's almost like a free day, <laughs> right? Like it's open for a night out. I don't care. I, I hear Dude, you. I'm recovering nine and a half years sober, like. You know, don't kid yourself. The NHL got sunk its fangs into me. And I started to, you know, if we had no morning skate the next day, that was a sleep in and a hydration all day. Get ready for the game. You know what I'm talking about. But I had
1: had that day on Friday and Saturday morning. It was like, I'm never drinking again. Like I I haven't said that and I can't even tell you how long, but I said it on Saturday morning. So, so we,
2: I go to the rink. We play the game. We're in the middle of the game. I, I think it's the first period. I think I can't remember what period it's in. I think it's the first period. Play happens, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Pat Coletta scores his first NHL goal. I get an assist. Coletta blows right past me and Mersey, right through me and Mersey are about to come in for the hug. Yeah. Like, right. Coletta, we thought he was coming over. Coletta blows right through me and, and Mersey right to the glass, like slams in the glass, chest slam. He's still having his moment, but it was like so like kind of it was like he's off over there and we're over here celebrating. Later that game, so I think maybe the second period, I think it was the second period when it happened. Zednik gets the skate in the neck. Okay. I don't know if you remember Richard Zednik took, I think it was Jokin skate. I, by play, I, I
1: played with Z in Montreal for did five you? years. Do yep. you remember this incident? Do you remember him yes, having his throat? Yes, throat? I do. It was against the so, Florida Panthers, correct?
2: Yeah. So yep. Zednik gets his throat slip, slit against, uh, against us. And, and it, like... I just remember, I didn't see it happen. I just remember the reaction on the bench. Like someone goes, holy shit. Right. And everyone kind of looks and I'm like, what's going on? Right. And I just saw this guy skating back kind of almost to the bench, but he's like bent over, holding onto his face. I'm like, what's going on? You saw like a, like a blood and then like a stream of blood. Right. And. There's a puddle of blood and I'm painting the scene for the comment for a reason. There's a puddle of blood and he's going by and I remember looking at I looking at Zednik after like wondering where the blood's coming from and he's holding his glove like down and it was down here like holding it with his glove on cuz he still had his glove on. His glove and he was being escorted by somebody and his glove and it wasn't a doctor it was a player cuz he, if he'd stayed on the ice he would have died. His glove was like it was blue. The Panthers' gloves were blue. But it was like extra dark, like wet blue from the dark red blood that was all over his hand, down his palm, like Jersey. And I just remember I was in shock. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to die. He's going to die. He could die. Right. I I thought he was going to die. Okay. Okay. Packle and I are sitting there. It, it turns into like a delay, delay, delay. Like the, it's. You so finish cool. the rest of that game? I can't remember. Yeah. Did well, you play the rest of the game? So we, we, it's so quiet in the rink. Lindy goes down the back hall. Like they start meeting about what they should do. It's like, I can't remember. It felt like, I'm going to say 45 minutes. I think it was like 45 minutes. I'm going to say 45 minutes. I think we went in the room, flooded, figured shit out, came back out. I can't remember exactly how long it was. But the place was silent. And they were, I think they were giving updates. Richard Zednik's in an ambulance on his way to the hospital. He's responsive or whatever, like along the way, right? And then they gave like the final thing, like, Richard Zednik's gonna be okay. We end up going back to play. But in that intermission time, this is the gutless part. In that intermission time, players on the bench were all talking and we're like. Um, Are they going to cancel the game? Like, are we, like, why are we playing? Why are we even going to p- finish this game? Who wants to play? Nobody wanted to play. Yeah. Like, Tim Connolly was super superstitious and, you know, he was at a point in his career where he was always starting to get hurt. And, he, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what happens? Like, dude, I don't want to talk about it. That's exactly what he said. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Right. And I was like, okay. So I said, did you see what happened? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it because I can't remember if he was on the ice or not. So, Patty Collette and I are sitting beside each other, and he had just scored his first NHL goal. And I just looked at him, and I said, fuck. I hope they don't cancel this game. He looked at me. He's like, why? I said, I need that fucking assist. They better not cancel this fucking game and make us replay it.
1: <laughs> that is your story? I did. I did. I didn't. I'm shocked that, uh, that was just said right to me. Um, (laughs) that's the conversation that you two are having on the bench. Yes. You got a guy that yes, blood pouring out of his neck. You don't know if he's going to survive. And you're worried about an assist. I was worried. I was worried about an assist.
2: And the plus. <laughs> oh my God. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at CraigRavay52 at The Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.